In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello dog fans and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast because everything matters, including happy hour podcast saying th- big thank yous to our supporters. I am your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined tonight by UW Squints, DJ K. Woody, uh, and thank you very much, Pie God and UW Mamajama, for your support. How's everybody doing tonight? What up? Doing great. Um, and without yep. further ado, it, it wouldn't be a, a Sound the Siren podcast without beverages of choice. Pi God, we'll start with you. Uh, any uh, any sippage tonight? <laughs> I am, you know, because I'm uh, joining you from uh, Oregon. I'm I'm repping old Bowie Beer Northwest Red Ale. So shout out to my friends in uh, Astoria. Nice. Yeah, I've I, I see their stuff all the wait wait. You got you got more to share. What else you got? Oh, uh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so drinking, yeah. I got some uh, I got some blueberry pie rolls as well. Uh, there we go. Courtesy of uh, Costco. So and, and let me tell you, you know a uh, an egg roll stuffed with blueberry pie filling um, hits 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 just right. I mean, it's not just a name, yeah. folks. It's, right. He's living it's up a little lifestyle. <laughs> it's a lifestyle, baby. <laughs> Mama Jamma, how about you? Beverage of choice for the evening. Uh, I went really hard over the weekend, so I'm drinking it truly right now. I gotta taking it light tonight. DJ, I'm with uh, Mama Jamma. I went hard over the weekend, so I just got me a good old fashioned white claw. Nice squids. Hey, what what flavor do you got, Mama Jama? I got wild berry. Wild berry, good one. Got mango. Hey, squids, how about you? I, I'm usually up for the white claw, but I got some very early meetings tomorrow, so I'm doing the uh, strawberry bubbly. Nice, yeah, and uh, weak sauce, but I'll I uh, uh, I needed it a little bit of an energy pick me up. It's been a long. <laughs> it's been a. I got up early this morning, so. Uh, before we started, I had a, a quick uh, evening coffee with a little bit of Kahlua, uh, and then uh, on the more refreshing side of things, I've got a watermelon mint Nixie, Nixie sparkling water with a, a little pour of uh, Rainier gin, so not too bad, treating me nicely. <laughs> How uh, is the Rainier gin? I, it's, my, it's probably my favorite gin, so I highly recommend it. It's oh um, really fresh and relatively smooth like i could sit there and just drink it straight um, not that i do that all that often i'm uh these guys know i'm on uh on project uh slightly less of hooligan to carry around <laughs> but uh, it's quite nice and, and it's probably one of my favorites if not my favorite gin so cool. um and uh we'll move right on to uh to stupid tweets and i'll i'll start out and uh it's our friend uh, Duckzone503 with a tweet back on uh, May 25th uh, talking about Ohio State. Kind of trying to talk about Ohio State, but inadvertently kind of trying to dog. Just like USC and just like Washington, what have y'all done against the Ducks as of recently? I'll wait. Oh, that's right. 35-25-28. Like, yes, or Oregon did beat Ohio State the last time we played, but it's like, um, pretty sure we won in their house this past year, not to mention, um, thanks to, you know, a big shout out to Mike Varell. Uh, the across all athletic programs, uh, 2022, 2023, uh, academic year has been, uh, 
very, very slanted in favor of Washington versus Oregon. Pie God, Mamma Jamma, Squints, or DJ, you got any stupid tweets to elaborate? Or... Hey, our, our our Oregon buddy, Mike Black, oh God. I, it, any, any tweet where he, his header, is, as far as his uh, profession, his media personality, is automatically a stupid tweet. Yeah, it, it, it almost goes without saying this. I mean, this tweet, oh, and, and I, I did forget to mention, stupid tweets sponsored by Kevin King. Big shouts to you, Kevin. Um uh, yeah, frequent appearer Mike Black, uh, just like Ryan Schild, just like Duck Zone Five Hundred Three. Most of the Duck fan base for that, <laughs> it's pretty expected to appear in this segment. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I got. Duck Zone Five Hundred Three, uh, basically just getting torn to shreds by fellow Duck fans, which is great. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just his whole count is just yeah. stupid tweets. Yeah, the whole thing. <laughs> It, he was just getting raped, raped in the yeah. past week by his own, oh. his own people. Yeah, I was doing my best to yeah. egg him on, but I think it was, uh, I think you could see through it. Stupid tweets and stupid tailgates. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah, they, the Duck fans hate him, and I'll give him credit for that, because I don't know I how not, anyone come like that I will guy. not give him credit. <laughs> Any Duck fans credit for that. He's one of your own. No, no Own credit. it. He's part yeah. of you guys. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, any other uh, stupid tweets uh, that we should uh, discuss? Oh, man, I I had a different one. I I lost it. Uh, I thought I saved it the other day, but yeah, I was gonna just gonna say the whole Doug Zone Five Hundred Three account in general. So you guys already covered it. I, if I find it later, with the other one I had, I'll let you know. Oh, I I do like the Oregon fans being terrified of Texas Tech all of a sudden. Just a middling Big 12 team, and that they're just terrified and trying to talk them up. I don't know if they're actually trying to talk them up so that if they beat them, they can point to that as a great out of conference win, or if they're just like completely scarred from Georgia last year. And, or and anybody the, with a passing the, game. Well, yeah. I mean, all of us Husky fans, anybody with, you know, any team with a Demetrius Martin coached secondary probably should be. Scared of competent passing offenses. Yeah. The the great thing, though, is if they do lose, it's going to be to Shug, their old quarterback. He's, he's starting down there now, so <laughs> that, fingers crossed. Nah, they didn't want him anyway. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a tacit acknowledgement that they, they don't believe in Tosh Lupoy at all. Yep. Gee, I wonder why he's been such a great on-field. Yeah, <laughs> why would he? Why would they? Yeah, he's got a coffee cup full of cash just walking around Oregon. They're they're probably talking Texas Tech up for the reason, both for two reasons. You know, if they lose, oh, they lost. They can say they lost to a good team. If they win, they beat a good team. They're just playing that game, probably. Yeah, exactly. But I, I will say also on, in terms of uh, it's not the main topic for discussion tonight. But can you believe it? We actually get some day games at Husky Stadium to start the year. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really nice thing to see. Tailgate at a normal time, go home, be able to yeah. have dinner at a relatively normal time, not be trying to get across the bridge at eleven fifteen at night. 
Hey, day drinking is underrated, man. <laughs> that's 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 the thing that I hate about the night games is that it's just waiting too long, and then I'm getting too old, man. <laughs> Those seven thirty, <laughs> eight o'clock starts. It's just like it's almost midnight, and I'm just like, why is this game yeah. not over yet? I don't live close enough to campus to do Sorry. it anyway, but I I I, I used to like on game days. When I could take the bus or something to the game. Well, you know, first first thing in the morning, shower beer. Oh, yeah, I haven't had one of those in a while. <laughs> it's been probably... Those are great. <laughs> I think probably my last pregame shower beer was before the stadium renovation. So, yeah, it's, it's been some time. It's been a minute. <laughs> Bring it back this year, Hooligan. It's a good year to do it. Who's driving my ass to Dusky Stadium? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's the question. If I bring, them. Um, all right, let's move right into the, the the main topic for discussion this evening. Um, so let's just kind of just talk about kind of a wish list of things that we'd like to see um, from the athletic department. You know, game day experience for football, but it's not just this is not just a, a football conversation. Uh, certainly. Um, you know, other programs, facilities, tie-ins, marketing, all up. What do, what do we want to see? Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, I, you know, and I, I had written a question to, to Christian Capel on, on his uh, website. And I think everybody kind of fixated on the Twitter comment that, that I had made, but I said, "Hey, why why doesn't Jen Cohen, you know, have a, a bigger presence um, as the the head of you know, arguably the the, the biggest athletic department, um, you know, and obviously in the Northwest, maybe maybe in the West Coast minus USC potentially, um, and not from a standpoint where she has to sit there and go back and forth with fans on Twitter." But I would challenge anybody to name, like, any of the assistant or associate ADs out there, you know, who, who they are. Everybody knows who Jen Cohen is. And when you think about trying to drive engagement, I mean, we're, we're already engaged. Our, our quote-unquote age demographic is there already. Uh, the, the problem is five, ten years from now. And how are we going to engage, you know, that, that younger demographic, the, the kids that are in school now? And frankly, you know, there needs to be a lot more social media and marketing outreach than, than what you've seen now. And I don't know exactly what that looks like, um, but I know that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm glad Jen Cohen has better things to do. I'm not sure she does have better things to do. You know, we're we're making interest-only payments on the, the stadium remodel, um, de- deferring those deferring the principal payments. By the way, in anticipation of a media rights deal that probably isn't going to be as as big as we thought it was. And oh, by the way, we owe Comcast five point seven million that we didn't know about. So, yeah, you know, hey, you know, there's a. It's time to get some butts into seats, and not just in Husky Stadium. You know, Alaska Airlines Arena. Um, you know, I mean, the the softball game sold out, but man, it sure would be nice to have a bigger facility there. You know, there's there's a lot of things that we need to make investments on, and 
there needs to be a lot more outreach to get it done. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say I don't necessarily know that she herself needs to be as active on social media. Yes, a little bit more active would be great. Um, and I will give the department credit that there has been a vast step up in their social media game, for lack of a better term. Uh, I think a lot of that has been driven um, and identified as a need by, you know, DeBoer and his staff, certainly the, the work that Courtney Morgan uh, has done. Um, Hadley Heck is doing a great job. And I think there's there's certainly an awareness there. Um, certainly, I think Andy he's done a great job. I know at the time, one of the associate ADs had a better video of Brooklyn Carter's steal of home than ESPN did. Um, so, just shouts to him for that. Um, yeah, I... Any, but I agree with you, Pi God. Kind of anything and everything to, to bring and engage new fans, and and I do think that it, it brings up. We do need to walk a little bit of line in terms of the game day experience, and I think that there's some things that, I think there's different perspectives. I personally think that there's way too much piped in music, and get too much mm-hmm. trying to make a Husky football game like an NFL <coughs> game, and it's not. I'm old school. I want to hear the band a little bit more. Granted, would I like maybe a little bit better guidance to the band of what to do as a halftime show that isn't like, hey, it's this medley of music from 37 years ago from this random ass movie that, I mean, um, but the pageantry of college football is what makes and like the, the game day experience it's why it's different from an NFL game it's why it's different from going to the Mariners like I want to hear the band I want the the like lean into the college and I think it's what the media gets wrong a lot of the time um, I think one of the biggest things on my wish list and you talk about fans and getting more fans in the stands and in, um, across everything uh, I to me that uh, I think there's no bigger program that needs more stands than softball who are on their way to Oklahoma City, but um, I would hazard a guess that given that the Super Regional sold out and how quickly that sold out, you could put twice as many seats in that, figure out a way to put twice to double the capacity of Husky Softball Stadium, and it would have sold out last last weekend. Oh, yeah, they could they could easily extend those stands down the lines, have the uh, cages and bullpens yep. underneath them. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's fans standing in the in the north uh, in the north stands of Husky Stadium, watching yeah, the game. There's a bunch there of was. Like that. I was wondering yeah, if they were going to do that. Yeah. The, yeah, they were they were in the east end zone, uh, bleak seats, and then they were out. They're always the up, the uh, side. you know, on the uh, on the south side, yeah, upper tier, on the ramps. Yeah, I mean, and I honestly, I, I think it would be interesting. I don't know structurally if you could support it, but like. I don't like it would entail greater foundational work. You could put a second deck of the, you know, it would take more, more of a more financial capital to do it, but you could conceivably, yeah, I certainly think as step one, extend it down the lines, um, maybe build a little bit more of a permanent structure, even another like three or four rows in the outfield from, from the right field foul pole around a center field. But I think you also could put a second deck in the infield. I mean, it would take again, digging down, um, taking some lessons from the Oak Valley group on what they did with Climate Pledge Arena. Um, but, I mean, and I, and, I, and I don't think, I think the trade-off you'd see there might be a little bit of, like, for, for the lower bowl on the north side of, of Husky Stadium might constrain a little bit of, you know, the high rows, any of you that they have to the lake. But 
that's a trade-off I'm willing to make. <laughs> hey, well, cool again. So going back to your point about the band, like I like the band. Is that do we know? Is that something like the younger generation likes? Do they do they also like the band too, or do they also like the music? Because like, that's what as Pi God was talking about earlier. Like, we need we need the younger fans to get more involved and be more passionate. And that starts at a young age. And we talked about this on the pod already before, like, a long time ago about young younger kids. But yeah, college students especially, like they need to enjoy their experience and have a memorable experience for them to want to come back after they graduate. And I kind of want to focus on those. I mean, not not forget everything else, but like I want to focus on keeping those students engaged and wanting to keep going to games for they're in your 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah, I agree. I think there's two things. One, you got to move the the students back to 50. Uh, That brings an energy to the crowd that just can't be replaced by, you know, 60-year-old white, old, rich dudes. No no offense. Uh, The... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's true. Across the stadium yeah. has has not and, had the same energy yeah. since and, and, 2011. Like, like that's the lifeblood. That's your future right there. Like if you can make that a memorable experience, where yeah, you're 18, 19, 20, you know, your formative years, and you make that a just a world class experience. Like they're gonna fall in love and they're gonna come back. Um, and and. So I, th- I think that's the, the first thing. And the second thing is uh, the, yeah, Hooligan, you're, you're saying the band, can we, the college pageantry and all this stuff, I, I agree with you, but I think the, the type of fan that you need to get are not the diehards. It's the, the casual fans who are sitting at home. What's the, what's the thing that's going to get them to the stadium that they can't get at home, Right. If it's listening to the band, I don't know if that's going to be enough. You know, I, I my, yeah, my yardstick in this. Probably not the majority. Yeah. My, my yardstick uh, in this is, is sure. actually my wife, uh, who doesn't really care that much about sports, uh, goes to UW games, likes hanging out with friends that are there and all that, with tailgating and all that. Uh, but the games themselves, like, she's like, okay, this is good, but I can see this at home. Uh, compare that to when you know, we went to a Kraken playoff game. And she was, that was her first game. She's like completely hooked now. Like that, that is absolutely an experience that is not just the game being played in front of you. It's the entire stadium feeling like you're part of the, the, the action, uh, all the, the, you're immersed in everything. And I don't think we really get that at, at UW games. And to be fair, it's really hard to do, right? These are the uh, brand new stadium I'm comparing this to and, and uh, a bunch of world-class um, entertainers uh, who've built that from scratch with that purpose in mind. Uh, but I, I do think in this era of building experiences, uh, if you can do that at Husky Stadium, you're going to be successful. Yeah. I, I mean, essentially what we're <laughs> yes, saying is that exactly. we need to recruit Jerry Bruckheimer. In some, or or yeah. at least or right. at least steal some ideas. And I, I think a part of it is also like to some extent, what I my thought would be that I think winning will help a lot of this because when like I mean I go back to like the Michigan State game last year. Yeah, that stadium was jumping. Like, and I think yeah. part of that is yeah. is somewhat 
organic and like if the team is doing well and is consistently doing well, fans are going to be more, you know, more able to make noise. And so some of that is just organic in the fan base has generated more excitement, more yelling and going crazy on third downs. And it's contagious. But I think you're exactly, I, I do think you're right. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of withdraw or the purist in me wants to hear the band more and have the, the traditional college football pamp, you know, pageantry, but the fan, like, I think we need to do everything. I, I think we need to find the right balance between not offending or not losing the diehards by taking away things of the experience that we enjoy and engage that new fan base. Well, and turn casual one thing I noticed is that, you know, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of scoreboard reads during every timeout. And, uh, I, I've done some work on, uh, board shows in the past and that's where they earn a lot of money. Those are revenue generating. I know a lot of people don't like the ribbon either, but that generates a lot of revenue. Um, the one thing I did see a lot was the band standing up ready to play and waiting for the canned music to stop. And that's when I was just like, they, they should be yep. playing, you know? And then because the, you know, I'm, I'm still old school, but I do believe that that is the point of separation between NFL and college is you get the collegiate atmosphere at a college game. And one thing I, I think I went back and I rewatched the Oregon state game and I was like, why am I hearing Oregon State's band playing after every down and our yeah. band not? And it's in our home stadium. And I also say, I, I would agree with you. Like, I think the band brings yeah, a lot, yeah. uh, as long as they're not the feature, my right, centerpiece. But but right now, that's what we're doing is kind of sticking them off in the corner. And, yeah, you play when you're, the can music stops. Like, make that a part of the the you know, the, the, the lifeblood of the game where you've got a, a up close video on these guys and they're, they're interacting with the fans yeah. and it's not just, all right, you can play your thing and then go back to the action type thing. The, yeah. I mean, and the, the thing about the band too, is they're into the game. Yeah. And, and, and also another point, and it kind of uh, goes into the students at the 50 is, is like, Having the band in the end zone is a lot harder to hear yep. them than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. Because it used, now to be the used, to be, used to be they were playing at they're playing at the you know the roof of the stadium coming in and it would kind of come in and reverb, but now they're just playing to air. Great point. And it's kind of it, they kind of get lost in it. I would say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just just a side note: Am I crazy, or is the is the siren not as loud as it used to be, or or goes long? And I know that that's like you know, not 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 a big a fish to fry as some of this other stuff. But you know, just thinking about the the changes since the students went to the end zone, the band, etc. It just it seems like you get a and then it's like okay, we're good. And I'm like, man, what what happened to like the yeah, the the ten second just like it's not just your yeah, grinding ears. it into the other team's ears. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like not just your old ears. I got it. Like it was I think you're absolutely right. They seem to have tied tied. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Obviously, yeah. we are a pro siren podcast. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah. I mean, 
Luke Gellerman would be like, "Hey, where's my uh, where's my where's my siren at? Where's my cue music?" <laughs> uh, one other thing that I think I don't know. It's, I know it's not super important to a lot of people, especially a lot of diehards that's sitting in their seats watching the game, but. The food is not good at Husky Stadium. A lot of people go to sporting events that are casual fans, like maybe, I don't know, Squint's wife or my wife, I don't know. But they, they want to go have some good food. They can have that at Mariners games, uh, cracking games to some extent too. But the food options suck, and you have to wait in line for a long time. If there's ways to, like, I don't know, order ahead or through an app or things like that. I know some people are against that too, but those are ways to help bring in a lot of those casual fans. And also, even the... The diehard fans that doesn't want to miss anything, they can if they have an app, they can order ahead, just go grab it, or real quick and come back and not miss much. If you but can make, I think that's missing a lot. Food ordering and pickup more efficient in Disneyland. Are... Yeah, with five yeah. times the amount of people, you can do it at Husky Stadium. If you can accomplish like, and it's been a great step, and kudos to them for following you know the trend, but you know getting beer and wine and other beverages sold in the concourse, you can, you know, it, I think it, that's just a matter of upping your game with, with your um, concession vendors and your food options. Yeah. That and closing the zone at halftime, yes. too. That's yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And having, you know, having beers yep. in the stands. Yeah, lines are brutal, huge. though. Just oh, brutal. Huge, yeah. Yeah. There. They, they, they are. If people said no to us at the spring game, it's because everybody was in line. And yep. All the season ticket holders were in line at Club Husky trying and, to get a beer. And, good. Because everybody was up in Club Husky. Yeah, I mean, and it was – and I think it was that was a, gr- a great promotion. And, like, I didn't get to stay to, to hear, you know, Jamarcus speak, but, like, that was a good idea. Like, yeah. hey, everybody's and, in the club, club I don't Husky. want to make, like, all this is, like, we're, we're just complaining, but yeah. I think we are – comparing this to the experience at home which has gotten incredibly better over the years right like you yeah a a beer line or a food line you know is is it that much different from 20 years ago not not really but when you can get up and get your own beers and you can make whatever you want to make sitting at home uh with your 65 inch tv uh you know it's it's a different world now Yeah, that that is your. I don't think it's a. I don't. I think that's a great point, Quince. I mean, like that is the direct competition is like, and the responsibility, you know, and and the suggest the suggestions and you know things that we're encouraging or asking for, are because we care enough to, like, we think that we should that everything. Like, I'm gonna if I have the opportunity to go to a game, I'm gonna go to the game because it's it's different in the stadium, but yes. It, versus the convenience of being able to make my own meal, have you know, pick whatever beer I want at, and sit at home and do it. But you have to give people the value proposition to say the time and effort, and particularly with our kickoff, like, branded, like, hey, we're, we've got some day games, so I'm super excited about that. Hopefully there's more of them during the conference season as well. But when it's, it's more of an effort, there, there's more logistics, there's more it's more of a challenge to get to the stadium to fight traffic, you know, for, for fans that aren't from the immediate Seattle area that have, you know, you know, we've got a buddy on the podcast mm-hmm. that's uh, on the other side of the state that, you know, like you got to make it worth everyone's while to come to the stadium. Um, like I said, winning will help that, but 
And that that's again where the I know we always beat this to death, but that's where the night games come into come into play. Everybody goes like, well, everybody shows up for Seahawk games or whatever, but they know the game times most of the for pretty much the entire season where at in college now they basically sold out to the networks and it's become a network TV product. Um, so, I mean, that that's where a lot... Because all the, the people that I know that, you know, since I, I moved back up here that had season... Oh, a friend of mine had season tickets for 55 years and they basically just said, couldn't do it anymore, the night games. The night games pulled me out because they were at the, uh, they were at the Cal game in... 2019 that got Ooh, you know lightning that was rough. That big lightning delay and everything like that you know and it's just it, it's hard for and especially if you want to pull in the casuals you know like a lot of points have been great like if you want to pull in casuals have great food make it a scene make it the place to be and winning does that as well but you know there is something to be said for appealing to you know the old school fan base well, and how do you eliminate the... I, I feel like we have a lot of self-inflicted wounds. I mean, can we just align on a transportation plan from a standpoint of, you know, if there's a game on Saturday, you know, let's not shut down I-90 and I-5 that day. And listen, I understand that, you know, the Washington State Department of Transportation probably could care less, like, you know, what what's going on you know, at Husky Stadium or, or you know, if there's a Sounders game or, or whatever. But, man, there there was some times last year where, you know, just, just that fact alone, like no matter how compelling the matchup, you just didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, hopefully the, uh, the light rail line going east will help out a little bit. When they ever finish that? Yeah, and, and coming south to Federal Way, I mean, that's something, you know, living in Gig Harbor, you know, if I want to take the, the light rail, I have to get to Angle Lake, which is basically, you know, just south of SeaTac Airport. I might as well, mm-hmm. well roll another another 10 miles and just, you know, <laughs> go to go go to the stadium. Um, and I heard they kind of cut off the bus access too. to the south, too. Yeah, which has kind of been a little frustrating. The the Light Link Rail is awesome going to the game. And leaving it can be good, but if, if it's a close game, everyone leaving at the same time, yeah. man, it's a long line to get back. I always uh, yeah. I always walk up through campus and get on at the U District. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's a good strategy. Just yeah. not, You know, then I could either... Hop in somewhere and grab a beer or get something to eat. It's also not a bad strategy if you're driving Usually. to park up on that side of campus. You're quicker to the freeway. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know I was gonna say something about transportation, but I feel like that's that's a whole new ball game right there. It's a that take a lot of more effort not just from UW but from right. You know, the city of Seattle and. Yeah, it's really like you know that solving that would require like a, a genie popping out of a lamp almost. <laughs> Seriously. I've heard from people that they did cut down a lot of the buses from like the South Bay. Well, so they they, yeah. they did. You know, that's that's been that's been a real real issue. Yeah, you know, not only the they cut off the bus line from Renton, um, they limited the the bus line south, and there's a lot of fans that live down south, and yeah, 
you know? I mean, DJ, you, yeah, I was going to say, you know, you live in the Olympia area, don't you? I do, yeah. And I used to take the bus with my dad, and he still does, but it's like, yeah, it's not as, he has to, you have to be a season ticket holder or something. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a lot harder. Yeah, it's part of your season ticket package. That's the only way you yeah. can do it. You can't just roll up and, and buy a $5 yeah. ticket yeah. or a $10 ticket. Even if you're not a season bus, ticket holder you know? and you have a ticket for the game, you have to buy it like twenty four at least 24 hours in advance. And that's like... Yeah. Um, are they uh, so? Are they doing the in 2018? One of the things that kind of took me aback is when they did the um, season ticket reallocation. And you know, my, my I guess my frustration with that was you, know, you kind of get in a groove with the people you sit around, and like all of a sudden it's like, oh well, listen, every five to six years. We're, we're going to shake it up again because, you know, we, we want you to have an opportunity to get better seats. Well, you, you have that opportunity every year, you know, without the reallocation. Um, and, you know, and I don't, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the things that for me was cool going when I was younger was everybody kind of had the same seats for a really long time. And, it, you know, it... You know that draw of you know you're going to hang out with your your friends and everything. What well, was a big one, and now it's like oh reallocation. It's like we're we're we're, we're shaking up a, a box of coat hangers every five to six years, and you know it's you're losing a little bit of that draw. Yeah, I I, I can't necessarily speak to that squints or mimajama. I'll find out about that soon. Since I was able to get season tickets this year, so yeah. I mean, I I don't know if they've announced it or not. The first time. <laughs> I will say one thing that really frustrated me back when I lived uh, in San Francisco was I called I called the athletic department trying to get away seats in in the UW section. I don't know if they've changed this, and they were just like, "Well, we only sell those to season ticket holders." And I'm like, I'm a UW alumni. I want to buy tickets from you to support the athletic department. And you're telling me I can't. And so it's just like, I don't want to give money to Cal or Stanford. I'm still getting emails from here. Is that normal for every school? I thought it was really weird. I don't know if it's still like that, though. I mean, this was, this was like really pre, or about when StubHub and everything was kind of you know, One. tickets were more available back then, but I just thought it was weird that, that I called weird. the athletic department asking to buy tickets from them, and they told well, and me it's no. also kind of counterintuitive because you'd think that most, the vast majority of season ticket holders would be local to the University of Washington, not, I mean, and yes, I know, and, and props to the yeah. season ticket holders that live in other areas and fly in Friday or Thursday and spend a weekend in Seattle to go to the game and go home. Love you guys. Keep it up. Or guys and girls and... Um, that's awesome. But no, I, I mean, I'm tired of getting emails from, from Arizona because I bought tickets to an Arizona UW game a decade and a half ago. Oh yeah. I get them from Cal Stanford, <laughs> UCLA. No, wait, I don't get anything from Cal. I take that back. It's mostly UCLA. Yeah. Uh, I kind of asked this earlier, but is that for two questions though? Is that for one, is that normal? Do we know that other schools do that too? 
or or is that just you dub thing? Because that's pretty crazy. Like I understand getting letting season ticket holders maybe have first dibs if they somehow get enough season ticket holders holders to get tickets. But yeah, if they're still available, they should get be able yeah, to sell I understood. fans elsewhere. I understood giving them priority, but yeah, I mean, but, but like I said, this was a long time ago too, so. I don't know. I, I, I'm interested because I'm I plan on going to the USC game and uh, kind of want to sit in the UW section. I don't know where their, those seats are though. I don't know. A lot of times they put the visiting section yeah, in DJ. terrible seats. I think I'm going to go to the uh, so USC the game corner. too. So yeah, <laughs> so I don't know yet. For that matter, that's another place that Let's go. I mean, we could, if we relocate the students back to the fifty. Any display season ticket holders from the north side can go into the south side. I mean, yes, granted, it's a corner, but um, back pre-renovation, yeah. the visitor section used to be, I believe, south side in the upper mm-hmm. deck. I mean, and I don't know if there's yeah. any NCAA rules uh, about that now. About the wet. It was like south, southwest yeah. corner, those... I think. Because Captain Husky was right by him, and I think he kind of did that. Yeah. Rub it in their face. Yeah, my old seats used to be at the northwest corner of that end zone. You need to turn that. The, I mean, that was zone into like that was a raucous group. Yeah, that was. Uh, like, there's a lot of teams. That was a, a lot of fun. I mean, we do it on the other side, but they're they're pretty small, and I know the the luxury seats are mm-hmm. like they they get sold out. Quick. Yeah. So. The touchdown terrace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think there would be a lot more student entrance too if they were at the fi- back of the fifty. I mean, I I've kind of like pitched this out on Twitter a few times that you know what Oregon State did when they renovated their stadium is Riley had the idea he basically said I want the students on the fifty and they gave them like the first ten. There's like a section of students in front of the people, so they still have. They kind of have best of both worlds, and they kind of spread them all along the sideline. So, I mean, I it's mean, a good idea. It's not; those aren't like particularly down in those first like three or four rows. You're getting a, an obstructed view because of the players in front of you. Um, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And yes, I want the, su- the students to be more central. I agree with moving them out of the end zone, um, but for whatever reason, I, I don't think our current student body is as actively engaged as and diehard Husky football fans as they were when I was going to school, Mamma Jamma, Pi God, when you guys were. Um, so I don't think, I think you gain more in that move and can, like, instead of having the entire lower bowl on the north side be the student section like it was, filtering that around a little bit further or, or keeping it to first 10 rows. Um, I, I like, uh, I just think them having being right behind the team would be like a huge help to get them to, to become more engaged. And I, and then it also looks better on TV. Yep. Yeah. Continuing the, the conversation. Um, yeah. I, in terms of the other programs, like any, you know, broadly or as a, as a department as a whole, uh, program specific needs. I think uh, there's there's been rumblings that gymnastics is getting some facilities upgrades. Uh, certainly, their new coaching staff has has done really well. Um, I'll actually 
I've got one thing, it, it is one that I'm going to mention, and I'm going to beat this horse into the ground until it happens, and if it doesn't happen for another 50 years, I'll still be talking it about it at, at, at 92 years old. Uh, bring back our W. It matters. It is our history. Bring back our, you know, not everything has to be completely symmetrical. Bring back the traditional Washington W. That means a bigger W on the helmet. We should celebrate that shit. Um, but other things we need, you know, I mean, obviously we need to, some improvements on the, the men's basketball side of things. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, and, and to be honest, I think that to some extent, um, you know, and I know there's facilities upgrades that are in process there, but uh, Alaska Airlines Arena is itself starting to feel a little bit dated. Uh, obviously, I'm not saying we need to replace Heck Ed. I will never say that. Um because it's a beautiful building. I, I still miss some of the old field house aspects of it, but as we go forward and, you know, if without getting into a whole conference realignment conversation, 10,000 seats is a pretty small division one college basketball arena. Well, they got to have a team to fill the seats though. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't want to say it, but yeah. <laughs> well, yes. I, don't know, I, I think women's basketball may outdraw the men next year. That's a good shot. I mean, well, that's it. Wouldn't be the first time in Washington basketball history that that's been the case. And um, yep. ideally, obviously, we want both programs to be drawing well and coming close to filling that building to capacity every night. But um, the the men are going to be decent next year. But still, look, you never know. Like, uh, yeah, it's a whole different topic. I know, a bigger, but... nicer facility will yeah. also <laughs> could potentially also. Or an expansion, or you know, a, a remodel and uh, expansion of the arena could also beget a little bit of a uh, an up an uptick in the team itself's fortunes. I'd be kind of curious to uh, see what the uh, the average attendance was between softball and baseball. Yeah, I mean, in baseball's because got a nice facility. I, I didn't get a chance. They to do. It, Husky Ballpark is great, and I think that. Uh, I think that Kelly was a good hire. Fantastic. I, he's got he's got them. You know they're playing with some swag. And uh, I said it on Twitter. It's a great if, if dog fans. I mean, and it's a little late in the game, but if you've got nothing to do this weekend, get your ass to Oklahoma and it, Oklahoma City and uh, Stillwater aren't that far apart. Yeah, but I mean if. if we can get our fan base going to baseball games too. It's just like you see, um, even over the weekend, a lot there was like the Alabama had like a huge softball stadium. It was packed there, and even even Utah had a really big crowd. Utah, I think, in some ways, is it a little bit of a novelty. Um, yeah, but but in terms of Alabama softball stadium, therein is the importance of making sure we don't get stuck in the crumbling remnants of destroyed of, of the pact pac 12 that as left by larry scott because 10 15 years ago and coker would verify this to to an even greater extent than i can mm -hmm. sec softball wasn't anything but mm -hmm. because of their media rights deals and all of the money that that espn deal has brought into every school in the sec those softball stadiums yeah. are palaces it hasn't prevented it the SEC down. from, you know, getting 12 teams into the tournament and then all but two of them are gone by the first weekend. But there's a reason <laughs> that that this the media deals are hugely, hugely important. And it's because it's not just 
it feeds the the beast that is the engine, which is football. But it also mm-hmm. like softball can be a revenue positive sport at the University of Washington. Women's basketball can be a revenue positive sport at the University of Washington. Volleyball can be a revenue positive sport at the University of Washington. It just takes that media rights influx of cash to distribute to the to all of the programs and keep them mm-hmm. operating at full potential. And we are now joined by Hood Husky. Hood, you got us, bud. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There he is. There he is. Uh, we were uh, just talking about facilities and why media deals are important without getting into a whole conference realignment conversation. Uh, but we were talking, about, you know, in part about expansion of the, the softball stadium, expansion, uh, getting more fans to baseball. Uh, I had brought up that as much as I love the place and I've spent hours upon hours, probably more hours than I spent in Husky Stadium in my life, uh, inside Alaska Airlines Arena, but it feels about as dated as Key Arena did before Climate Pledge became a thing. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, I mean, you see how, how they're dominating now, you know what I mean, in national limelight. So I think those young ladies definitely deserve some, some investment for sure. We see how it's going with women's sports and the SEC. So you know, I'd like to catch up. Yep. They deserve it. I mean, I, granted, the indoor practice facility, well, well, well deserved. Um I do think um, I think one of the coolest videos that I've seen is certainly the after the the comeback win in Super Regionals, the team surrounding Heather, uh, chanting "Dog Mother." Um, I think a, a piece of a bronze statue is is going to be forthcoming at some point <laughs> in the next decade or two outside Husky Soft. Hopefully, outside of a hopefully expanded Husky Softball Stadium. Um, but but that's that's one thing I'd like to say and, and just give give props to. You know, UW's video department. Is it is it Casey Byers? Yes. Is he no. he's the one that's for football? Yes, man. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sun Dodger, Sun Dodger Creative. Coverage. I mean, the, those videos that those they've been producing, they just nail it. I mean, that softball comeback video. I mean, that was so awesome. That was incredible. <laughs> Heard it. What you slipping on? Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know me. Come on, don't play with me. Ah, uh, the agua. High quality H two O. Always. Gotta hydrate, man. Oh, got to, man. <laughs> I, I do want to double down on. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I do want to double down on the uh, uh, that comment. I think last this time last year, and uh, on Twitter before that. <clears throat> We gave the UW athletic department a pretty hard time for their social media engagement. And that's, you know, the, it's far and away the biggest improvement I've seen. And it's not just football, right? Like they're, mm-hmm. uh, they're branching out mm-hmm. and they're making a, a name for themselves and, uh, just bringing energy. Like, you know, I'd sign into Twitter you know, eight thirty in the morning and I see that, uh, some of these videos, it's like, man, I'm, I'm pumped up for this on a random Tuesday you know, in the middle of the off season. So then, and then whoever was doing, was, uh, doing the Utah baseball Twitter account during the Oregon series a couple of weeks ago was, was trolling them hard, man. <laughs> that was good. Well, well <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah. A job well done. Uh, give, give whoever that was a raise. <laughs> and, and I will also say on the subject of social media, if you are a Utah fan and across any and all social media platforms that you are using, if you are not following 
every damn UW account, fix it and fix it now. Um, that means Instagram, TikTok, that means Facebook, that means Twitter. Share the stories, like reply, reply to a reply, increase the department's engagement. If there's accounts that you follow on Twitter, not necessarily directly associated, say the at the pie god, Mama Jamma, neighborhood husky, DJ, Squints, myself. Follow, reply, engage with content because the more you engage, like as we reply to the UW, the more we build the brand in the fan base, that amplifies the brand and the and the, the scope of what the UW department can do. We got to get hashtag bow down going again. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I do. Since, since gold gold dogs is hijacked, and of course what uh, what Hooligan said, we got to get our W going back again too. Because yeah. I'm 100 percent on that train. But on the social media thing. Uh, I think they can lean into that, the, the trolling and the, you know, shit posting, like it's college football. That's, that's why we're not, you know, uh, some corporate NFL BS, like lean into it. Like let, let your, it gets views, it gets let your social media yeah, team loose, fun. Like the, let the them Dick's, loose. Like the Dick's yeah. drive-in thing. Yeah. Playing into that. <laughs> It's so easy to do, you know. Yeah, and it, director of social media is a Hadley. Hadley, so, let uh, Hadley Hadley's loose. Doing a fantastic job. Shout out to Hadley. Let her well. loose. Shout out to Hadley. Yeah. As yeah, uh, we, we got to uh, overcome this pack Northwest kind of ah shucks, afraid to this passive. Yeah. Uh, we're, yeah, we're very passive. Very passive, and then we're passive aggressive. It's like no. Yeah. Like let's just be aggressive. aggressive. <laughs> like humorously <laughs> aggressive. You have the old guard's permission <laughs> yeah. to talk yo. Right? Hey, the old guard, the old guard says we're Washington in capital letters, man. Yeah. <laughs> you have our all of our per- yeah. permission. Say it all with your me. chest, <laughs> like just yeah. Full voice. Um, no, absolutely. Um, anything else that uh, that we want to see or or that. Uh, gaps that that will you know that if we fill them we'll, we'll take this program you know the program as a whole to the next level both football and the department as a whole i i would like to see the uh brand identity become a little more unified that's just kind of one of my things it's just like i i keep seeing those nike numbers pop up everywhere and i know i annoy people by saying this but if you want to if you want to have an established brand, it has to be consistent and they're using stuff that's outdated or whatever. I don't know. I don't know if like Adidas didn't give them a font or what, but I see baseball and softball have warm up shirts with the old Nike stuff on it. It's just like, that's Nike, man. <laughs> We're Adidas now. You should yep. be using the Adidas branded. And Even then the honestly, football generic, like, had the same should... thing. Yeah, just a generic block font is better than exactly. But is it us? Is it is it us that needs to hold Adidas accountable for something, or is it just you know they're just not good, or I don't know what's going on. I, I would I would really I would really like to know that. Yeah, I mean because Nebraska and Miami are also kind of not doing well either, you know, with their uniforms and with their innovation, like they're not really doing well either. Like it seems like Jordan Nike are. 
you know, the only two that are having success right now. Yeah, I don't know what a billion-plus-dollar Yeezy hit is doing to Adidas right now, but it's nothing good. If it ain't soccer, if it ain't football, then it, it's nothing, you know. It's an afterthought. It's raining on our side. There's a great movie about that. Yeah, if you watch Air, that's a, yeah, kind of an interesting movie. I refuse. Mm-hmm. What? So do we, do you think, like, Courtney Morgan or, or any time we offer somebody, do we, like, potentially, can we give them, like, hey, here's some... Here, here's some some clip art you can put in your your announcement that you've got offered that isn't like the weasel, or like some other like extremely outdated lavender and tan colored husky, you know, <laughs> deal. I mean, that, that's I, I don't know why that it's like nails on a chalkboard for me, but man, I, I hate to see recruits like repping some of this 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 old. Uh, outdated uh, um, you know, logos that we have. I, I uh, to Mamma Jamma's point, like, like have some unified message. Like, yep. have more modernized, uh, you know, pictures or at least relevant or have to your the, position. Have the department send them a, a graphic package or something like that. Graphic that package. Word marks be like, please don't call us Washington University. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's in St. Louis. That's not us. <laughs> that, that's not a good sign or, or or I don't remember and I don't want to shame the kid but whoever it was that I think got an offer from the kooks a couple, about a month and a half ago and called out that it was UW and I'm like no 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 that ain't us <laughs> nope I, respectfully we didn't offer you sir yeah didn't a coach call him out yeah was it in it was in I didn't offer you Oh gosh! Well, that's better than ESPN calling us the Washington State Huskies uh, at the kickoff. I was just like, "What other school does that happen to?" I mean, it. it, it I, I think it happens. I, I've never heard anybody say the Oregon State Ducks. I've never heard it. It's always UW and Wazoo. I don't know. There's why. something against. There's something against us. I don't know. It just feels like again. We're just jealous of Seattle, man. We're a team from a suburb of Alaska. I mean, we should just accept our lot in life. And not... <laughs> I mean, I, I will say it is really funny. Like, it was uh, when Washington State basketball made the tournament, like the um, late aughts, and the Field of 64 t shirt had our W instead of the Cougar. <laughs> that was, right. When the Cougars get mistaken, like, don't get don't get their logo and our logo shows up instead because they assume hey it's got to be Washington not Washington State that's funny to me. <laughs> Just like who, a, was who, was um, a, who was Petros working with? Where he had done the Washington State game the week before and he slipped and said Washington State and Petros just let him have it at the after the break. Just would uh, not let it not let it. It wasn't Joe Davis, I don't think. Huh, it was I, the other guy. He's actually pretty good, but he. Petros would not let him forget. I remember it. that. Yeah, well, good on you, Petros. Softy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to get a, a, a purple triple cupcake emoji just for us. <laughs> you can attach to you know. Squints was bringing up how embarrassing you know was it Michigan's um, 
um, schedule is going to be this year. And I was looking at Georgia. There's a few teams where it's just like, I'm like, I've never even heard of a couple of these colleges. Like, they're, yeah, they're, they're like, you know, teaching people like type, typewriter repair and shit. So, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, how, how do we just like, you know, quote, quote, treat, you know, a, a, a triple cupcake emoji and just lean into the, the whole ESPN thing from a few years ago? I, I got to say that Husky Twitter really mobilized when Ohio State canceled us. I saw those I saw those cupcakes going everywhere. <laughs> and so props to everybody who had that ready to go. And I I still don't like Kessinich. And it was soft. So, you know, we had to call it out. If they're gonna call us out on national television for being soft, I got a chip on my shoulder now. Well and everybody it was because why did they say anything about Wisconsin for canceling on us? Right. Or Ohio State for canceling. Because that was the reason yeah. that we were playing those games is that we had to scramble to fill those games. But we actually can't yeah. tell the true narrative of what happened because hey, well that that would mean we had journalistic integrity and weren't trying to like doctrine massacre the sport behind the scenes. Yeah. Based big on big ten did. scared. Just ask Michigan State. Well, at least at least shout out to Michigan State for showing up. Yeah, they did. But, but now, now they're going to only be shown on Peacock, so they don't want their, the national audience to see that beat. They're hiding that. Yeah. Hey, hey, did you see the schedules though? It's just like like the week before Michigan's on Peacock, and then uh, Penn State's on. So it, it, it's not us getting hidden by it. I mean, they're doing it to everybody. It's just although I think the Peacock probably has. More circulation than Pac-12 Network does. So, oh yeah, definitely. Everybody, Very everybody, true. write your passwords down, okay? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you have Xfinity, you, you get it. Mm-hmm. You just have to download it. Holy unlike... shit! I just looked at Georgia's and Michigan schedules. How are they <laughs> not going to go twelve and zero? Well, yeah, there, there's <laughs> no way they can. Well, I was gonna... maybe UAB will sneak up on them. Oh my! <laughs> and I get my predictor, and I can't find a single Pac-12 team that can breeze through their schedule. Doesn't matter how good they are. Yeah, Pac-12 is going to be screwed. And Pac-12 always used to do the whole Friday night thing. Screw, screw one of the favorites with a short week, and it was a loss almost every time. Yeah, Friday night. I mean, it wasn't just us, but man, short week to a to a to a wonky ass place on a Friday night, or yeah. basically short week to Pullman. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the reason why we lost, but yeah, we played at UCLA on a Friday night this last year. Stanford. Yeah, yeah. Stanford and uh, was that seventeen? Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah. Hey, you guys are bringing up bad memories here. <laughs> some of these games. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's just remember that this is the happy hour the podcast. <laughs> I think DJ, you said it like, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about trying to improve the experience and everything and not being negative. I tell you what, it's a lot better to have this discussion coming off an 11-2 season rather than something right. else. Heck yeah. yeah. I was, I, thank, I think I, I said, yes, thank you, Caitlin. Uh, and, you I mean, know, and, let let's let's say I mean how how different we feel this year coming out of spring than we did last year, or just even up up to spring, it it's crazy. I mean it, it's great having this much optimism around the program. I I love it. So yeah, 
I said it to, I think I said it to you, Hood, at the at the spring game, how much, like, we actually don't, like, I don't enjoy complaining. I'm not some miserable person that's just looking for things to, to complain about. Like, the things that when we identify a, a gap or, or what we see as a weakness that we want to improve, it's because we ultimately, we want what's best for the, what we think is best for the program, and we want the program to be successful, all of our programs to be successful at the highest level. And I don't, I mean... Don't get me wrong. There was some great humor in some of the post-game spaces, the 2021 season. Um, but I had a great deal of fun this past season being like, all right, Jets, we kicked the shit out of that team we just played. Well, how do we think we're going to kick the shit out of this next one? Let's do it again in 23. Like, come on. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I think we saw a lot of juice um, at the spring preview. Um, and also, too, like, for the fans who feel like we need to have an actual game or whatnot, you got actual other contenders that are doing previews as well. So it's not just us. Like, um, I think that hard-hitting spring game is is kind of over. Teams don't have three deeps, four deeps anymore, even the best teams in the country due to the transfer portal. So you're going to all kind of see these glorified scrimmages. I mean, and forward. I think they should continue. What I will say is I, I give them props that they need to continue and do what they've done, and basically as much as they can control schedules – for the other teams at the University of Washington to have as many games going on, home games. I think baseball played at home that day. Softball played against Utah that day at home. Like, I mean, like, hell, line it up with, I mean, granted, traffic could be a total cluster, but spring game and Windermere Cup, same day? Yes, please. Yeah. Listen, you know, Nebraska filling up a spring game, Alabama, even Oregon, there's not a damn thing to do in those places. Thank, thank I'm, you. I'm sorry, you know, unless you're like pheasant hunting that day, you got nothing else to do. So good, good on them. Where that's their what's their entertainment? But you know, I'm happy that you know you dub is in a in a vibrant city, one of the only major colleges in a you know centered in a big city like that. That's a huge draw. So. Yeah, that's uh, I'm I'm not ashamed at all about our quote unquote spring preview spring break game numbers. Here here's the list of Power Five programs in a major metropolitan city or major major metropolitan area. Out here, we'll we'll start with us. We're here in Seattle. You've got our, I mean, uh, you've got Cal and Stanford in Berkeley and Palo Alto, respectively. You've got the L.A. schools with USC and UCLA. You've got ASU in Tempe, which is definitely a part of the major, uh, great the greater Phoenix area, very close in. Arguably Colorado. Uh, you could, you know, certainly, I mean, kind of suburb-ish. Um, yeah, yeah. Utah. I mean, it's Utah and Salt Lake City. Uh, you've got Boston College is in a major area. Um you could argue, I mean, Northwestern is essentially in Chicago. Evanston is, is close enough. That's really... Miami? Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech and Miami. Rutgers? That... Is Piscataway really a... I mean, it, it, it is and it isn't, but it's, it's also Rutgers. So. Is, is Austin considered a Austin, Texas? Yeah, getting there, yeah. And, yeah. And it is definitely getting there, yeah. 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 Um, but like, that's really about it. And it, it's different when like, I mean, 
the, st- the statistic, like speaking of Nebraska, on game day Saturdays, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln is the third biggest city in the entire state. Like, which is cool, but <laughs> how do you, how do you think? Um, how do you guys feel or think that they can weaponize? You know, being in a big city better, specifically Seattle. Like, because I think they use the sea planes, and we're probably going to see a bunch of that in June. But beyond that, like, what what would you guys kind of like to see from from them? I mean, I'd love to see us as much as possible, particularly like um, where we can. We need to lean in to the pro dogs, and not just in the NFL, but like, like do even more to highlight and tie in. You know, certainly, you know, Wildesley with the Seahawks, with you know, a, a UW women's basketball alum is in her second uh, tour of duty with the Storm. Christian Roldan with the Sounders. Like, really, really lean into that pro, like, in town, Seattle, you know, UW to the pros connection. I mean, I'd, I'd love, you know, Will Simpson or somebody from UW baseball to end up, you know, with a, a regular place with the Mariners. Like, lean into that. Just lean into, like, all the things, like, and I think we're starting to see it more with NIL all the things that coming to the University of Washington, what you can do when you are in a market like Seattle. Um, yeah, I think the diversity of the big city, one, you know, that's, that's extremely you know, unique compared to a typical college town. Um, the other thing, you know, and, and you mentioned the NIL, who again, I mean, there are just a huge list of impressive companies that are based in the, in the pack Northwest and the, in the Seattle area. And that's not something that can be offered hardly anywhere else. Um, you know, and, and I, I think it's, I think it's starting to, to pay dividends. You know, I think, uh, the, the NIL quote unquote edge is starting to cool a little bit as, you know, there's, there's more, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you know, simply uh, Seattle Bailey hits bombs and Bailey yeah, like, yeah. Like, you know, the partnership with, with simply Seattle. Um, but you know, these like Jalen Rashada is probably the, the the best example. Um, you know, the the perception of NIL bringing the bags versus the reality is is really starting to to take shape and turning this into what is probably Chris Peterson's original vision for this is how do you do a built for life? Like, Hey, this is, you know, this is, this isn't about, you know, you getting paid, you know, and driving a cool car while you're in college. This is about setting yourself up for life, regardless of what happens on the field. Right. And, and that's something that's very unique that can be 60 foot decked out team. Yeah. I also think that it's right. Like Miami is maybe the only other team that can, can do that. But I want like, Hey, yeah, no, I want the, 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 yeah, I want lean into sailgating. Hell yeah. Drive around, push them around. Bring bring back the Adidas boat. Yeah. Bring that recruit on campus. Where's tugs? You know, this is what we do in our, our Where's free tugs? time. Our free time is... You want tugs? Pay the boat. Tugs has the coolest job out of anybody. I like it. 
but and what I was going to say, and, and by God, I think that's a, a great point because it like NIL, it's not just football. Obviously, football is hugely important, and you are going to see more of like, hey, what you know, what does it mean for me right now? But that message in terms of the NIL opportunities and how you can build toward your long term future for for basically a lot of the non revenue or, or the you know any sport that's not football. That re- that message is really going to land in in or any sport that's not football and men's basketball, with the you know possible exception occasionally of baseball. If you have you know a um, using like LSU's player as an example, um, Paul Skeens, who's you know going to be one of the top picks in the NF in the Major League Baseball draft. Like outside of that, most college athletes are not going to be making uh, seven figures coming out of school. So those opportunities to tie into, you know, making, you know, in combination with their professional athletic revenue, you know, income, sponsorships, career opportunities beyond their careers that, that are kind of immediately more on offer here than, than anywhere else. And talk about it on social media, like publicize, like, you know, I, I was saying, you know, publicize the connection to the pro sports teams, but like publicize your alumni that are doing cool shit out in the community and in their professional careers outside of sports. Like, you know, they're all going to do great, great things. We should be proud of what they're doing too. Yeah. I remember when, like I said a year ago, too, we were all really stressed out about NIL, how how that was affecting recruiting and everything like that. And I, I know I know that there is there is a segment of our fan base that wishes they would throw all the money at the recruits. But I got to say, I kind of do like the way Monty Futures has handled it. I mean, we got Penix back because of it. We got Odense back. You know, Jalen's probably you know ZTF uh, Trice, and but I, I think that those guys also too. I mean, they, I think they, I think they tasted it last year and they got unfinished business, which is great. I mean, I love I love having a team coming back with a mission. I mean, that, that reminds me. No, nah, I'm not gonna say it, <laughs> but uh, I think that basically these guys are getting, you know, getting their nil based on their performance rather than their star rating. You know, we all know how that can, that sometimes can't work out. You know, we had a couple instances of that happen to us and they're no longer with the team. It's more pay for performance, not pay for play. Yes. Or, or or more pay for performance, not just pay to show up. Which, I mean, people with any sense kind of knew what was coming. You know, like the market was not going to support any of what, you know, other schools were doing, you know, paying up front. Certainly not in this economy. Having kids transfer out after getting getting some dope. Yeah, not to not to promote another podcast, but did you guys hear the uh, uh, who say who say pod with Cooper Patanga? I, I recommend listening back to that because he provided a really, really interesting perspective on when Chris Peterson was coach and he was helping with recruiting and then also the comparisons between UW and Oregon. Yeah, no, that was a good podcast a while back. This is like a while ago, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. about a month ago. 
I did see that. I thought you meant like a, a recent one. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, we're we're okay with like that kind of to to what I was saying earlier. Like, we're okay with promoting like and saying, "Hey, go listen to you know other UW podcasts as well." Like, that's what I was trying to say. Is ultimately like the more engagement that anything, you know, certainly we want as much engagement as possible with things that are officially coming from the University of Washington mm-hmm. Athletic Department. But the more you interact on Twitter with uw content whether it's from the uw directly or something hood posted or something that um coach v posts or whoever it is you know i'm not gonna mention anybody from the child chat um but uh tj that's a great question although he uh no but uh he did own i think doug's the other day on something like somebody was complaining about the Mariners and it's like, why are you watching the Mariners with softballs about to go to the world series? And I will say even, you know, yeah. blind, you know <laughs> even a blind squirrel finds a nut a couple of times. Um, <laughs> um, well, I'd also like, I'd also like to give props to Husky nation when uh cable got laid off uh, by the athletic and everybody just rallied around, yeah. around him, you know, and you know, we're going to, and we benefit because of that, cause he's going to give us great content because of it. And maybe even do more than he could by working for a publication where he can he can do deep dives on stuff that he's interested in or we're interested. Mm-hmm. I definitely take a lot of pride in being part of like you know Husky community for sure. There's a lot of other fan bases that you know I see on the regular, um, not just on Twitter but on other platforms, and you know some there's always some happening, some big blow up uh, once a month, once every. There's always something, and it just seems like. Uh, we're real steady. We're real respectful to each other, and we all link up and you know have real fun and things like that. So, yeah, I, I take a lot of pride in being part of um, you know Husky Nation for sure. There is definitely a, a segment that everybody cares and wants. It's we don't complain to complain. We complain because number one, some of us have the memory of knowing how good it was and still can be, and us not. It's people get upset when UW doesn't live up to their potential. That that's where I come from, because I, I I think I think we have really unlimited potential, just as a university as a whole. You know, there's a lot of a lot of pride in that, and I think that a lot of a lot of Husky Twitter hears that feeling. I mean, there's definitely a segment of it, and I think a lot of them are listening to this podcast as well. And I've met a bunch of them at tailgates and stuff like that, and it's been fantastic. Yeah, I, I think I think Twitter sucks, but I'm so I'm so scared of like losing connection with you know the the community and you know diabetes inspired food takes that like I can't quit it you know and and uh, you know that, that's the that's, that's the that's the tough part. I mean, there's there's so much noise, but you know if I got off of here, you know it'd be you know, there's so many, it's weird to call them friends or whatever, but, you know, listen, it's, uh, you know, it's, we're, we all kind of have a, a, a common, you know, you know, common, uh, passion, you know, and that just brings people together. So, you know, ho- hopefully they'll find something a little bit better for us to connect with. But in the meantime, you know, I've, I've got to, I got to pay homage to the blue bird so I can stay connected to everybody. Yep. It wouldn't be Husky Twitter without a good food fight every week or two. Hey, <laughs> right, we need a new one. That's hey, that's our, our biggest arguments. 
going back to what Hood was saying, like other fan bases would be fighting over way worse stuff, but we're fighting over food takes. <laughs> uh, we got five minutes. Shall we talk uh, IPAs versus seltzers? Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, I'm an amber. I'm an amber guy. Yeah, so, same. Me too. You know, I can't, I can't I, drink I, it. I, 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 went, I went bananas on Twitter because uh, a fat tire changed its recipe. Same. You know, that's, I mean, that's just like crazy stuff. Mamajim, <laughs> you said you're, uh, you're not an IPA guy? I can't drink them. Yeah, yeah, I'm not either. But I'm not going to go into detail, choices. but they just don't agree with me. Wait, what? What is the origin of your name, by the way? Like, you just like made a Twitter name, like the most random you thing. Really, or... Do you really want to know? Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> uh, bow down to Willingham. Oh, okay. The Dennis Johnson book. It, it, it's a uh, Willingham's version of the "Say Who Say What." <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, I did it when uh when you know Peterson was coach and we were up on top and so it was ironic. Yeah, I but got then, you. But it didn't become ironic anymore. <laughs> Stuck when with we it. Were like actually it. being badass motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had that for a while. That I was just to... like Yeah. Man, Ty, you're corny. <laughs> yeah. What? I like that energy jersey. Does. Got the helmet on, yeah, or the jersey. Yeah, I was going to comment on that. Like that. The that looks good back like there. The pants Just ready to go on a hanger. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, like, you know, Superman's down. lair. This is ready to throw that yeah. on, run around. Squints is ready for September. Squints is solitude. This is ready to roll. That's fresh to death, right? <laughs> I, I want to see uh, Joel's helmet that he yeah. just got. Man, we need to get him on the pod one of these times. He just yep. he deserves yeah. it for sure. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yep. <laughs> I love oh, his uh yeah. his uh, long uh, messages he sends to the group chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's the only person I'll take time to read those things for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he puts a lot of time. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> I only disagree with Joe on one thing. Well, what but, is it? <laughs> uh, he doesn't think that our uniforms in the '80s were iconic, and I then I disagree with that. Okay, I that's think that's you that's brand. That's just me. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's uh, usually I, what you win with. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that, that's that's a great debate. Maybe for another day or best husky uniforms of all time or, or what what does the ideal husky uniform look like well that that chat will be incomplete if alex bolton is not on it yeah uh yeah guy, UW, <laughs> alex. Because he, he is the man with knowledge <laughs> the walking encyclopedia of u-dub <laughs> he has had some amazing twitter threads on yep. u-dub uniforms through the years and just the microscopic differences in it's impressive. He knows it sure. all. <laughs> all right. Well, I I think that wraps it up. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, we will be back soon. Uh, we certainly uh, uh, have some softball to talk about at some point in the not too distant future. Again, big shouts to that program. Um, I was able to attend the the clincher and the super regional. I'm just really happy for uh, if I can 
take a second for some closing thoughts. Just really happy for that program, um, for Bailey and the and the super seniors um, to have gone through everything with COVID and being able to to get that trip to Oklahoma City. Uh, for Coach Tar with everything she's gone through with losing both of her parents and, and the divorce and just everything. Um, and, and her added responsibilities with the national team, uh, just a remarkable accomplishment and really the sky's the limit for that program going forward. And I don't think that's going to change. Um, somebody needs to, to take down the, <laughs> the gargantuan, uh, program that is Oklahoma right now and go dogs. Let's, let's beat Utah, uh, and see what happens this weekend. Thanks for listening. Go dogs. Mighty are the women. Yes.